Hey, Pathway family, welcome here to Pathway Community Church. We're excited to have everyone with us and especially excited to have you viewing online with your watch parties. A couple of announcements for you this morning are very simple, uh, letting you know that the reason we're doing this is because there is a 30-day ban right now in our province. The 30-day ban is a ban on gatherings of 50 people or more. And so as Pathway, we want to put the safety of our congregation and the safety of our community first. And so for that reason, we are going to honor the government's leadership, and we've decided that we would have gatherings together limited to 10 people or less in order just to make sure that we are not contributing to this virus spreading any further. Now, there is some exciting things, though, that are coming down the pipe that we do want to talk about, and we are prayerfully hoping that May 4th, hopefully by then, this is all going to be done, and we're going to be able to be back into physical community with each other. But May 4th, we have a church-wide bowling night. Now, we're going to be at Valley Bowling Lanes. They've got all kinds of great stuff there, stuff for the kids, stuff for the teens, stuff for the adults. And so we're really looking forward to that for May 4th. Now, there is a little bit of bad news, and that is that our games night that we had initially desired to do is something that's going to have to get postponed until the fall. Uh, again, that has to do with the ban of us all coming together, and so look forward to that for the fall. Our website will become an incredibly important tool for everyone in this time. So if you haven't checked out our website yet, it is www.pathwaycc.net. And on there, you will find updates, you will find resources to all the things that have to do with Pathway Community Church, and especially as it relates to this particular pandemic. On the website, you will have access to something called Church Center. Church Center is an opportunity that, uh, that you have to find out more details straight on your mobile device. It also gives us an opportunity to be able to contact you outside of social media. Uh, in there, if you would provide your email address, we will be able to email you things that are going on, and we'll have direct access. That way, you're not limited to just social media or the website as a platform. Also, Right Now Media. This is a fantastic tool that we have as a church, uh, and, uh, and so we really want you to gain access to it. So on the website, go to Right Now Media. We will make sure that you have an account. Really exciting thing about this, if you can imagine Netflix-only Bible studies and also programming for your kids, and there's conference sections there. So if you're looking to fill your head with something more than just the coronavirus on the news, there's some fantastic resources here that can lift you and can encourage you in your faith journey. And then also we have something there called a parent queue. For those of you who are parents and you have school-age kids, uh, I know a lot of you are wondering, what am I going to be doing with my kid while school is canceled? Go to the parent queue. It's got some fantastic resources on the things that you can do with your children throughout the week, just ideas on how to connect and how to disciple your child. And so we're really, really excited about that. So those are the announcements that we have for this Sunday. And uh, I want to let you know that even though we are at a distance physically from each other, I still want this time to be a time of rest and peace for you. So if you've had a really difficult week, if the anxiety levels are high, if you're concerned about your finances, your health, your social relationships, whatever they are, in this space right here, right now, we want you to be able to encounter Jesus in such a way that you're going to find rest. And if you have been encouraged throughout the week, then our desire is to see you be an encouragement to the people around you because we believe that encouragement is contagious. And so would you be an encouragement to all those that you see? Would you practice Ephesians 4.29 where it talks about that the words that we use should be words that lift each other up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. What an awesome opportunity we have to be a place of hope in a place where people are living in some level of fear. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for our congregation. I thank you for everybody who is watching. I thank you for those who are new to us and they're just checking things out this morning. Lord God, I ask that you would be with them in a very special way, that they would sense your presence, that they would know that you are good, know that you are in control of all the things that we are currently experiencing, and that we do not need to be fearful. We need to trust. And so, Lord God, would you help us to be a people who trust 
and then live in that trusting so that we can be an encouragement to the people around us. In your holy and precious name I pray, amen. Uh, Good morning, everyone. It's nice to have those of you that are here here, and it's nice to have those of you that are watching watching. Um, I'm excited because uh, we are in the middle of our Cha-Ching series. Um, We are still wrapping that up over the next few weeks, and that's, I just love this kind of topic because uh, God loves this kind of topic. If you read in the scriptures, we have a lot of evidence that God cares about what we do with our money, and he actually has an input on what we do with our money. So if you guys wouldn't mind, we're going to just jump right in. Today we're going to talk about when not to give which is interesting as a pastor because you don't learn about this in Bible school. You learn how to do capital campaigns, and you learn how to do uh, putting the screws on people for them to start giving more and things like that. So so this has been a fun sermon uh, for me to prepare. So if you guys would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, If you don't know where 2 Corinthians is, you can look in the front of your Bible. There's a table of contents. Don't be afraid to use that. Um, And we are going to start in verse 6. And one of the ways that we like to show respect to God's Word here at Pathway, as you all know, is we like to stand at the reading of the Word of God. So if you guys would stand with me, we will read verses 6 and 7. I might go a little bit longer, but I'll stop when I feel like it. All right. So he says, but this I say, in verse 6, he says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the guidance of your word, uh, the 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 solid rock that it is, Lord, that you are. We have in these uncertain times and in these times that we don't really know what's going on. We thank you that we can look to you and still have that guiding light. God, I pray that even this morning your word would be a lamp unto our path, Lord, that we would be able to see where we're going, that you would give us guidance and wisdom in this life on how we should be reacting and how we should be doing things, even still amid this virus and this pandemic. Lord, I pray that you would just be with the people that are, that are here. I pray that you would be with the people that are at home right now. Lord, just give us a special token of your blessing this morning. We love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. So I want to tell a story, and, and I, you guys, if you know me well enough, you know I like stories. So I'm going to tell a story, and it's my own story of Jackie and I at one point in our life, and this was about five years ago in our life. Um, We had decided when we were very early on in our marriage, we decided, you know what, kids are not going to be something that we worry about. Um, If God wants us to have kids, we will have kids. If God doesn't want us to have kids, guess what? Nothing amount, no amount of drugs or anything else will allow us to have children. So we are going to listen to God on this and we're going to trust him. So we, we uh, we didn't get on birth control or anything like that. We just decided, you know what, God, it's up to you. Um, and we lived our lives. And so children are, are that way to us. They are a blessing to us. We never look at them as a burden or a struggle or a hardship or anything like that. It's always a blessing. Um, so fast forward a few years, uh, about four-ish years in our marriage, and we were uh, going to a church, uh, not serving at this church, just attending a church, which was the first time in my life that I had actually really just attended. Um, I, I was just enjoying being fed you know, we, we were just enjoying that, that family. We were enjoying just being a, a part of a church without having the Sunday morning hoopla to deal with and all of the things to do like that. And so uh, one, of the, one of the morning messages was on tithing. And the senior pastor got up and he said, uh, you know, when, when we are Christians, we tithe. And he gave all of the reasons on why we tithe and how we tithe and all these things. And it was a great message and very, it spoke to my heart. Um, on the importance of me buying into the mission of God. And so on the way home that night, um, or that afternoon, I was talking to Jackie, and I was like, you know what, we need to get real about our tithing. We need to take this seriously. We need to 
be honest about the fact that we have sucked up to this point, sorry, been terrible at it up to this point, um, and, and we need to change that because God has blessed us. We need, to, we need to get behind what he's doing. And this was a particular church, guys, that didn't really need our money. It wasn't about our money for this church. It was just about we needed to buy into the mission of God. And so we, we did this for a few months. We were enjoying it. God was starting to bless us. All these things, we were, in, we were excited about the fact that we were buying into this church. And, and then uh, February hit, and I was working construction, and work stopped. So I got laid off, um, and I got sent home. And I got immediately, in, in the States, we call it uh, workers' uh, unemployment. Here, I guess it's EI uh, is employment insurance. So, so yeah, uh, we, we, had, we were on, at that point, we were on unemployment for me, and Jackie was working a job. We barely had enough to really make the bills, if that makes sense. Um, and we were praying, and, and in praying, I was like, you know what? God has called us to continue tithing, so we are going to continue tithing. And so I had my unemployment check, and we were, <laughs> we were tithing. I mean, it felt like we were giving, you know, 70 bucks is what our tithe was, because that was about 10% of what I was making on unemployment. And so 70 bucks is what I threw into the, the, uh, the plate as it went by every two weeks. And I remember one week um, was a particularly hard week, and so I, I gave, and we were on our way home, and all these things, and, and it was just kind of like, oh, this is getting to be a grind. I feel like if, if maybe I could just, maybe I'll just borrow a couple of, you know, tithe checks, and we'll, we'll uh, I'll pay God back later at like 40% or whatever it is that, that the Old Testament says, you know, borrowing is from God. And so uh, I started thinking, I started playing with that idea, and then uh, February 14th came, and February 14th, as we all know, is Valentine's Day. And Jackie and I's Valentine's Day present for each other that year was uh, we found out she was pregnant. Um, and the, the only thing I could do is sit there in our living room and just be like, God, this isn't a funny joke. <laughs> like, no, nobody's laughing down here. Like, you might think this is hilarious because we always told you that we would trust you to provide us with children when we are ready to have kids. I don't have a job and we're pregnant. So the next week was another tithe week for us. And I remember I was sitting in the front row of the church because I was super spiritual, and only super spiritual people sit in the front row. And I was sitting in the front row, and, and the, the tithing bag, basket, whatever, came by, and I, I remember bursting into tears. And I was like, God, this is only $70, but $70 would pay our electric bill sorry, our hydro bill. Uh, $70 would pay for gas. $70 would allow us to come back to church a few times because we were driving an hour and 15 minutes one way to go to church at the time. And I was just crying. God, I don't know what you're doing with this, but I'm going to be faithful in giving it because I know that you're bigger than any of this. So I put the money in, let it go by. I want to fast forward again you know, this is a long story. Uh, it's longer if I told the whole thing. Um, but I want to fast forward again to a couple months later, we were still looking for work. We were still being faithful in tithing. And, and I just was almost to the end of my rope. I didn't know what I was going to do. Unemployment was going to run out for me pretty soon. And I needed to make some choice, <laughs> you know. And maybe you guys have been there before where you just ne you knew that things were coming to a head and you were going to have some choices to make. I was at that point in my life. And, uh, and I remember I got a call. We had actually started going to a different church for the last month or two, um, just a church that was a little bit younger, a little bit more our style, that kind of thing. And, and I got a call from the worship leader of the church that we had been tithing to. Uh, the worship pastor called me and he said, hey, are you still looking for work? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, would you be interested in working at our church? And I said, duh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and it was funny because he was like, well, think about it, pray about it. This is the position. It would be a worship pastor type position and you would work into other things and things like that. And I was like, okay. Like this is dream, like, like lining up with everything that I had wanted for so long. I hung up the phone and I called Jackie and I was like, should I take this job? And she was like, are you, what? What are you talking about? Should you take this job? And I was very concerned. I called my father and I asked him, do you think I should take this job? 
And like, I, ha I didn't have as much anxiety in my life over taking a job than this moment. And, and it was weird and it was strange and we worked through it and everything. But I, I want to fast forward a little bit more to after we had been working that job for a while. And, and I mean, we enjoyed it. We loved it. Jackie got hired on. I mean, both of us were working at this church and we were just loving every minute of it. Um, and, and I remember thinking to myself, back to the time when I was crying in the front row of that same church, putting in the money in the basket and saying, God, what are you doing right now? And I remember him talking to my heart right in that moment and just said, see what I was doing? I needed you to be faithful to me. And then I can be faithful to you even easier. Like he is faithful to us even when we are unfaithful to him, but he just gets excited when we are willing to obey simple things, when we are willing to be faithful to him in the smallest of things. He can bless us more than we ever could hope. And so why do I tell that story? Well, because it's a fun story and we're talking about giving and that's my story about giving but it does talk about it does address some interesting things because it's easy to feel like we're really losing something when we are giving to God and we're really not losing anything when we give to God we don't know what we might be gaining and we might not gain money back but we are enjoying the fact that we are part of his family and we are backing his family and we are excited about being a part of this family and he is able to use that in our lives more than we could ever hope uh, more than we could ever dream and now we're two kids later with a third on the way and we are we are in Canada which is somewhere we never thought we would be and we are loving this and we, are, and we are just enjoying what God is doing. And, and guys, sometimes it's hard, but continue on. All right, that's my point. So the first point of when not to give, I know like whiplash, right? The first point of when not to give goes along with this, and it is when you cannot trust God. When you can't trust God, do not give. What do we reap when we give? Uh, we reap blessings that are both material and spiritual. So uh, in the material, uh, God will provide for the giving heart. So Philippians 4.19 uh, says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. Need is an interesting word there. He will provide all that we need according to his riches. So we have this tendency of thinking that what we want is what we need. And that's a problem. I, I think we're experiencing that with toilet paper right now. <laughs> People are thinking that they need toilet paper when really they're just wanting toilet paper. I mean, it's the new currency right now. <laughs> and, and so, guys, we're seeing this idea, this, this panic of, like, I need this. I, I need 437 rolls of toilet paper in my closet. Well, do you or do you want it? I was shopping this morning. I went to a super superstore, and, and I was shopping, and uh, we, we've been saving up. We've been budgeting for us to go on a bigger shopping trip, so I was going on that big, bigger shopping trip, and I was, I was just grabbing stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't even, want, I don't even know what this makes, but I'm going to grab it, like, and oh, yeah, sure, I've never had, you know, like weird pierogies, but sure, I'm going to throw them in the cart because, hey, I've got the money, and God stopped me and said, do you need that? I was like, No. I know I don't need it, like that extra cupcake or that extra like little Debbie package of things. And, and I, put it, I put a lot of this stuff back because I was like, you know what, especially in this time, and this is the, the memes that are going around and the sharing on Facebook and all these kinds of things, like there are people that definitely want those pierogies that, that need them as well. And, and I don't need them. I don't need the weird stuff right now. As much as I could afford it or as much as I want it, I don't need it. And so we need to learn the difference between a need and a want because God will provide all of our needs and he guarantees that in his word. He guarantees that he will provide what we need. He does not guarantee that he will provide what we want. <laughs> now, sometimes our God is a good father, right? And he provides on top of our needs, he provides what we want as well. And that's just, I guess you would call it icing on the cake whipped cream on the, anyway. Uh, so we, look, that doesn't mean that he is 
only going to give if we give. Because again, I want you guys to understand God is faithful to us even when we are not. And that's going to be something that I talk about a lot. But God provides everything because everything is all his anyway. So your needs, guess what? They are not God's needs. God's not like, oh man, Andrew needs uh, some food in his cupboards. Well, I'm going to have to do this, this, and this. No, God says, it's all mine anyway. Here you go. With money, guys, it's the same way. Money is all God's. It's all his. If you think your paycheck is yours, you're fooling yourself. God could snap his fingers or think about it or whatever or speak it into being that none of us have any money, and it's all his, and he could just sit in his throne room with stacks on stacks on stacks and be God, and guess what? <laughs> He's still good. He's still God. And so learn the difference between needing and wanting. Uh, secondly, uh, in that verse, I want to address in Philippians 4.19, it says, God shall supply all your need according to his riches. And that's, again, the idea of it's all his. Um, Luke 6.38 says this. It says, Jesus is talking. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Uh, that means your, your wallet uh, in this context. Uh, for, the, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Um, according to his riches, it's because everything is his, that means that he has everything at his disposal to give to us. If we understand this, then doesn't it make our needs a little bit easier to see fulfilled? When we understand that when we give to God, or when, in this case, if your heart isn't right, you're not giving to God, then it, it puts up that barrier of God wants to bless you and he will continue to bless you, but it just makes it so much easier when we just listen to what he's saying because his message is that we give. And it's not just giving monetarily, sure. It's not just about giving to the church. Of course, there's compassion. There's all these other things. But guys, God wants us to have a giving heart because he knows how much it blesses us, and we're going to get into that even more. Uh, Malachi 3.10 even, even goes deeper, and I think that we're using this verse. I think everybody so far has used this verse in this series. So if you guys think that it's an important verse, you're right. So <laughs> I want to talk about it again, though. And it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try or test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to, to uh, uh, receive it. Sorry, I couldn't read my own writing there. And I just had a brain fart on it. So, guys, that verse is awesome. Test me on this. God wants us to give. God wants us to try and prove him wrong. We're going to talk about it later, but you cannot outgive God. And, and just, guys, that idea of, please, go ahead, try me. If, you, if you're a little scared, that's okay. Test me. And I think Rob talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and that idea of like, here, $5, $5 every week. That's, for most of us, that's like a coffee. Well, not me, because I don't like coffee. But that's like a Little Debbie cupcake. You guys can't tell, that's where my mind's at this morning. <laughs> but but that's, that's what that is, guys, is one little thing that we could be giving to God. And guess what? It, you do that consistently, and God will say, good job, now let, let me open up the storehouses of heaven. Let me pour out on you and provide for you. Okay, so that's the material things. God will provide for our material needs, but also we want to talk about the spiritual needs. So in the spiritual, we can trust that God will provide for the giving heart, both now and in eternity. So Matthew 19, 29, Jesus says this, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Uh, look, I'm not going to get into the family aspect because there's a lot of deep things there that I like to study about, but I don't think everybody here would appreciate it necessarily. But let's talk about the fact that he's talk he mentions lands. And in that time, lands would have been an important thing because you're, that's your investment. That's your, that's your livelihood. That's, that's not even your investment in your livelihood. That's your kids' inheritance. 
So if you're willing to give that up for his sake, then he says here, uh, you, sa- you shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now, does that mean that you're going to, if you leave your wife for Jesus' sake, you're going to get a hundred wives? No. (laughs) Don't get get weird, okay? (laughs) And that doesn't necessarily mean that if you sell your property that you're going to get a hundred acres worth of land. Like, that's not necessarily what he's saying. But I, I, so instead of focusing on the hundredfold part, let's focus on the inherit eternal life part. Because I feel like I'd rather have eternal life than a hundred acres of land or even a hundred wives. Definitely, I'd rather have eternal life more than a hundred brothers and sisters. Okay, guys, so, so we are getting something much more in the, spiritual, in the spiritual realm when we give to God, because he can open that up, and he can, he can give us life and life abundant. Again, your life doesn't get fixed by putting a tithe in the basket as it goes by. Your life doesn't get solved. The problems don't go away necessarily. But God can bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you because you're obeying him even more. So spiritually or material, materially, okay, we're with it. All right, spiritually or materially, you cannot outgive God. It's impossible. Go ahead and try. Please, try. And I guarantee you, Like, you can find me as a false prophet if you want to, but I guarantee you, you will experience blessings that you guys never thought you would experience. So, when not to give, don't give if you can't trust God. Trust God and give. That's that's that first point. The second point, and we're going to go back to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 on this one. The second point, when not to give, is when your heart's not in it. Okay, So, uh, every Christian should give, okay? I I don't think that we're going to argue that point too much. I'm not going to try and drive that point home. If you disagree with me, you can find me or, I guess, message me because most of you are at home right now. Um, But every Christian should give. We should be a giving people. We should. Um, But because of resources, some cannot give much. But it is still important that they give and that they give with the right kind of heart. So our heart attitude is what God is always focused on. And I say that for prayer. Like if you're up here or you're at home or whatever, and you're doing these, oh Lord, these deep prayers, like fantastic, that's good. Where is your heart in it? Because it doesn't matter if you speak in the King James language, which would be really frustrating, but I'm sure that there's some people that have tried. Um, That doesn't make you holy. Like, laying on your face and praying to God doesn't make you holy. Lifting your hands during worship doesn't make you holy. Your heart attitude before the Lord is what he says, that's what I want. I want you to humbly come before me and just give me your life. That's what I need. He doesn't care about the mouth service and he doesn't care about the show. He cares about where your heart's at. And so that's the same exact idea with giving. If I take out my crisp plastic $20 bill and, and show it to everybody, look, here, and dunk it into the basket. Did everybody see that? I put $20 in there. Like, first off, most of you would be like, like, who cares? But, but secondly, like, I immediately take away the idea of blessing because I've looked for man's approval. And even if I get man's approval, guess what? That's my reward. I've taken away the opportunity for God to bless me. So having the right heart uh, means a ton of different things. Uh, We should never be coerced or manipulated into giving. And here's a big one, guys, is there's a lot of people that want to, again, twist the screws on people. I've heard a story of a guy at a megachurch, and I'm going to try not to use his name because I don't want to disillusion anybody. But, but there was a guy at a megachurch that he, he got up one Sunday, and, and Myron and I were talking about this at one point, and he said, I feel like the Lord is telling me that my wife's birthday is coming up, and I'm supposed to give her a Mercedes. And everybody's like, oh, like solid. I'm sure my wife would be happy with a Mercedes too. And he says, but the Lord is telling me that you guys are going to give her a Mercedes. And so they passed the offering baskets. 
And, and so they gave, the people of the church gave, and then at the end of the service, his, one of his ushers or deacons or whatever came up to him and you know, whispered in his ear, and, and they were like $20,000 short of being able to buy this particular Mercedes. You know what he did? Lock those back doors. God wants us to buy my wife a Mercedes, so we're sending them again. And he did it like three times until they had the money to buy his wife a Mercedes. Like, bold. <laughs> like very, very bold, but guys, that is not what God means when he says to give, like, uh, and I'm not going to do that with you. If you guys want to buy me a Mercedes, just give me the cash. I can find plenty of other better things to do with that much money, um, but guys, we, we aren't going to stand up here and try and make you feel bad. We're not going to stand up here and tell you to be stupid. We're not going to stand up here and try and, you know, guilt you into gift giving or manipulate you by saying, like, if you give a hundred, then God will give you a thousand. That's manipulation. And, and, and it immediately puts that seed of doubt in your heart because if you give a hundred and you don't get a thousand, well, where's God? I thought the preacher man told me that, that I was going to get blessed. No, we're not going to do that. If you give, God will bless you. I don't know how he will bless you. But guess what? Look out for it because it'll come. But you need to be giving with the right heart. Um, so giving reveals our purposes as well. So if we say, I'm all about Jesus and I'm all about God's mission and I'm all about his, his you know, purpose in Winkler, uh, but then all of our extra money goes to our boat, or our fishing gear. <laughs> a couple of people just like are going to get up and leave in a second. But all of our extra money goes to, you know, uh, extra curriculars. Uh, that kind of reveals where our heart is. Jesus says uh, in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What has your, has your Good. So if, for those of you that are at home, we said for what has your attention has your direction. And that is the truth, guys. If we say that we're all about Jesus, but then only come on a Sunday morning or only watch on a Sunday morning for the next however long, guys, we're missing an entire part of our life with Christ. He wants more than just our Sunday morning. He wants more than just just our prayer life. He wants more than just a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday. He wants more than a seven-day-a-week. It's not about your time. It's about the quality of your relationship with him. He doesn't care about how much time you spend. He wants you. And if you can go be honest with him and give honestly and give with the right heart, then he can bless that. Um, if, we say the love, if we say we love the Lord um, then we need to back that up with our actions. Um, here's an important part of this message, and probably one of the most, this is probably the crux of this message for me. God does not need your money. We have fooled ourselves into thinking that this building, or this, the light bill, or my salary, or Pastor Rob's salary, or, or whatever is going on, that God needs us to give. Because without us giving, then all of this stops. That is a lie from Satan, guys. God will do his purposes with or without us. We don't add anything to God because, again, it's all his anyway. If he wants to drop a building in our lap, if he wants to drop a car in my driveway, if he wants to give me a $700,000 house and I don't have to pay 10 cents for it, he can do it. And let's all just pray that that happens. <laughs> but, you know, he can, he can do what he needs to do to bless me however he wants to. He doesn't need my money. He wants me to give so that I can be blessed. He takes joy in giving to his kids. He takes pleasure in this. So if you think God takes pleasure in it, don't you think he would want us to take pleasure in it as well? These are the good things of God. These are the things that God wants for us. And, and it's funny because we, we tend to think that we're doing God this massive favor when we dunk our, our tithe check into the basket or when we do our online giving. Um, we, we think it's like, okay, God, there you go. Like, whew, I am something now. Like, I gave. It's like, yeah, I gave my son and I owned it all anyway. I didn't need you. 
I wanted you. And I think that we live in a culture where uh, people... I've come out of a lot of situations in work and things like that where people have tolerated me. People have been okay with who I am because of, because of my talents or because of what I bring to the table or, or whatever else. They don't really want me. They want what I give them. And, and I think we, a lot of us have been trained and fooled into this thinking that our value comes in our skill or our value comes with what we can give, or our value comes from anything other than who we are. And God says your value is who you are. That is the most precious thing that we can give God, is who we are. Everything in our life is his. Every secret place in our heart is lit up for him to see and to search out and to clean and to make righteous, to make holy. That is what God wants. So don't fool yourself into thinking that you're, you know, something special when you're not. Obey, give, and be blessed, because that's what God wants to do. When we bless others, I mean, you guys might have, even in the last few weeks, we see, we see people giving, right? We see restaurants that are doing deals, and my wife is freaking out just because she can actually order a burger and get it delivered to her. She is, like, on cloud nine because pizza delivery is still working right now. <laughs> and as a pregnant lady, that's an important thing. <laughs> and as a, as a husband of a pregnant lady, that's a very important thing. <laughs> and so we are, we are enjoying these things because we're seeing the world kind of change and be more giving and be more friendly and be more nice to one another. We're seeing that. And I was telling uh, Pastor Rob just this morning, like, I'm encouraged by how I'm seeing a lot of the world react to this crazy pandemic. I'm encouraged by people wanting to help out senior citizens um, and, and do deliveries for them. I'm encouraged by uh, even we have Central Station doing deliveries for the, for the uh, food bank and things like that. Like, that's an encouraging thing. So, so God loves it when we give because we experience the blessing. To bless others, we experience that blessing as well. The, the opposite of, of giving with the wrong heart is to give cheerfully. And we need to hurry up because I think I'm like way past time already. I hope not. The, the Greek word for this word cheerfully, when he says give, cheer, give with a cheerful heart, is hilaros. Where do you think we get the word hilarious? So when he says give cheer, cheerfully, he's saying give hilariously. Give with a hilarious heart. And I don't know, that looks different for a lot of people. Like, some people are goofballs, and I'm one of them. Like, I, hilarious is not a far stretch for me uh, to understand what that looks like. For some people, you know, it looks a little more subtle. Um, but here's the thing is, God is a cheerful giver towards us. It doesn't make sense that God gives us what he gives us. It doesn't always compute how amazing he is towards us, but he takes pleasure in blessing us. And so he wants us to experience that again. Now, not all giving is done cheerfully. Um, Acts 5, uh, 1 to 11 is the story of Ananias and Sapphira uh, giving with hopes of getting. <laughs> again, they were giving their land in hopes of, of somebody patting them on the back and saying, good job, guys. Aren't you just the awesomest Christians ever? the best Christians ever. And sadly, both of them dropped dead. I, I wonder, do we have the fear of the Lord still? Because the same God that dropped Ananias and Sapphira for giving with, a, with an impure heart could drop us too. He just, for some reason, chooses not to. Would you all give a little bit differently if you thought that God would drop you dead if you didn't do it with the right heart? I think I would. I know I would. Uh, I, this, this temple, this, or sorry, this tabernacle, this tent that I'm living in is still precious to me to some extent. <laughs> and so I don't want God to just zap me down uh, when I have the wrong heart. 
So we, we need to give for the correct reasons. We need to change our heart towards giving. If you're thinking that giving is me begging for money or Pastor Rob begging for money or us just saying, well, the church doors need to keep open and if we don't give, then those church doors will close. We always say the church is not a building. We're, we're experiencing, is that true? We're experiencing that right now in our, in our midst. You might be watching online right now and if you are, good job, because you're proving the fact that the church is not a building. So if the church is not a building, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that you should give so that we can keep the doors to this building open. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth. So we need to give with the right heart. Uh, the third and final point, and I know a lot of you are breathing a sigh of relief, um, we do not give when we want the recognition. We do not give when we want that glory. Again, the idea of taking out a $20 bill and showing it to everybody and then dunking it in the basket. Or like, oh, let's see what I got in my pocket here. Like, oh, I'll just give that. Like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a few thousand dollars. Just, just thank me and, and like, like put a plaque in my, in my honor or something on the church wall. Like a, a, a giver. Bull crap. Like, I will put your plaque on the urinal in the men's room if you want to. Like, that's where you get your name for giving. Like, do, sorry, that was a little bit rough. Um, so Matthew 6, 1 through 4 is the verses that I want to use for this. And it says, Jesus is talking again, and it says, he says, uh, Take heed that you do not uh, do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory before men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, uh, that your charitable deed may be done in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. What a deal we have there. Give secretly and God will reward us openly. That's pretty cool. Like, we can give the glory to God in that situation. Because if I give openly and I say, well, here's, I'm just going to make it ridiculous because you all know that I don't have that kind of money. Here's $50,000, church. Like, I'm just going to give you $50,000. Great, you have your reward. Because if God rewarded me on top of that, then I could be like, yeah, it's because I gave. It's because I gave $50,000. Like, you give $50,000 and guess what? You can be on the, the God blessing plan as well. And we would, we would do that. If you give $100,000, then God will bless you with a car. If you give $200,000, you'll get a house. If you give a million dollars today, right now, God will give you, like, you can hear it, right? We, we know people, and that's how people would be. But instead, God says, give in secret, and then I can bless you openly, and you can say, God is awesome. Doesn't matter what I did. God is just good. Like, like, I don't deserve what he's given to me, but he's given it to me. I don't deserve to have this job, guys, that I get to work for Jesus. I don't deserve to have the house that I live in. I don't, I don't deserve to have the wife that I have. I don't deserve to have the awesome kids that I have. I don't deserve any of these things. I deserve hell and judgment. That's what I've earned in this life. God has taken his beauty and exchanged them for my ashes. And that is what God wants us to be able to do, is to give in secret so that he can give us new life, so he can give us blessings upon blessings. Again, stacks on stacks, but not in money, in blessings. Again, giving is a joyful experience. I mean, all of us probably have given something at some point right? Whether it was lending some money or, or buying some groceries for somebody or doing something kind for another person, even if it's just helping a little old lady across the street. Most even non-Christians have done these kinds of things, and you experience the good feeling when you do it out of the right heart. Hebrews 13, 16 says this, but do not forget to do good and to share 
for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I love the idea of using the word sacrifice right there because giving, guys, is a sacrifice. And I don't care if we're talking about giving money or giving time or giving energies or giving talents. Whatever you're talking about giving, it's a sacrifice because you're giving it with the understanding that you're not getting anything back. Like, that's, that's the, the reason why it's a sacrifice. But God is, he, he is well pleased with such sacrifices. I want to please God in my life. I want him to be excited about who Andrew Sherman is. And, and I think that I can do that when I sacrifice and share. I love the word share. It's just an interesting word because I feel like it's a kid word. Like, I hear the word share, and I immediately think of talking to my three-year-old daughter. Share that. <laughs> share that toy. And the idea that she always gives me, and, and those of you with kids know this, is, is they say, <laughs> but I want it. <laughs> but I'm using it. And it's like, you can share. It's fine. It's not a problem. And when she does share, normally it's about three seconds before she finds a different toy and is, is fine. But the fight that goes on when we... When we have to take that toy away from her to give to her sister. The fight that happened, the fit that happens. It's like, mm, I don't want to be that with God. <laughs> I don't want God to look at me and say, share. And be like, mm, I don't want to. <laughs> I want to say, yes, Lord. And do it more abundantly. And, and when we do that, he can, he can bless us even more to bless others more. Okay, so in conclusion, I, I want to just wrap up these three things. We do not give when we cannot trust God. Uh, he can and will take care of us when, he, when we surrender uh, to God and trust him. Uh, we do not give when our heart is not in it. God doesn't need your money. Uh, he wants us to experience the pleasure of giving. And also, finally, we, we do not give when we want the recognition Humility is one, one of the most important things a Christian must learn in this life. Uh, it's not what or how much you give, but with what heart you give. And so make sure that we are listening to those three things when we talk about when not to give. And let me encourage you, if you, if you checked one of these boxes today, if you said, you know what, I'm, I, I'm not giving with the right heart, or I'm not trusting God, or these kinds of things— that's okay. You can change it very easily. Stop it. If you, if you don't trust the Lord, start trusting him. It doesn't have to be massive trust. I'm not telling you to empty your bank account. I'm not telling you to, you know, go take out a second mortgage on the house so that you can give to God. I'm saying what, what Pastor Rob said a few weeks ago, $5 consistently. Try that. Guess what? Eventually you'll realize oh, this isn't that bad. I think I can give a little bit more. And so we need to trust him. If, if, you're, if your heart is not in it, if you cannot get the heart right, guys, pray. Pray that God would soften your heart because we harden our hearts to a lot of things in this world and we harden our hearts thinking that the church just wants our money. Look, I don't think any of us in here want your money. I think we just want you to be obedient to what God has called us to do. So, so what now? What, what steps do you take now? Um, it's easy to panic in today's times and hoard all of our resources. It's easy to panic and say, no, I can't give. I'll give, I'll give after coronavirus is dead and gone. Um, guys, let me encourage you there will always be something to hold you back from giving. There will always be something, some excuse to not do it. Some excuse to, you know what, you could be like me. I'm, my wife is, I'm not pregnant. My wife is pregnant and I don't have a job. I cannot give. That's not true. Now, I'm, again, I'm not telling you to be silly. I'm not telling you to put yourself or your family in danger. But I am telling you, if, if, that's a trust issue. So don't panic right now. Instead, try and find a practical way to give, even if it means 
um, trusting that God will provide for your needs. Because guys, as Philippians says, he will provide for your needs. Are you a child of God? Then he will provide for your needs. And guys, let's be honest, even non-Christians, most of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are getting provision for their needs. So guys, trust the Lord that he can provide your needs and that he will. Uh, Thirdly, don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of thinking that your needs or wants are the only important ones in this world. Again, going to the store right now and buying 50 cases of toilet paper may think, you might be thinking in your head like, I'm on it. Like, I am thinking for the future. I'm saving my family. We are going to be okay. What about the little old lady that doesn't have any? Your needs or your wants are not more important than hers. So sacrifice a little bit. Maybe only take 40 rolls of toilet paper or cases um, and give 30 of them away because nobody needs that much. All right? Like you got problems and you need to be in a hospital if you need that many rolls of toilet paper. Um, So guys, don't think that your needs or wants outweigh somebody else's. We are all in need of God's provision right now, especially. Um, Finally, and this is a simple one, give and give hilariously. Do it in a way that just makes you full of joy because you know that the blessing is right around the corner. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you have given us your word and Lord, that that word encourages us to live a life that you can bless. Lord, your word points us in a direction that allows us to live a life that you can just get behind and pour more into us and pour more blessing upon us. And Lord, we ask for that. I pray right now, even in this moment, that we wouldn't be panicked, that we would be calm and and have a sound mind, Lord, and that we would not be worried about what tomorrow brings, but that we would just be worried about, are we living our lives for you? Lord, and instead of worrying about it, let us just do it. Lord, help us to have the right heart towards you. Help us to have the right heart towards even this situation that we find ourselves in in this world. Lord, it seems so easy to be flippant about it. It seems so easy to be panicked about it. And Lord, I don't want to be either of those things. I want to be serving you and looking for opportunities on how I can bless my brothers and sisters and in doing so, bless you. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. We pray that you would pour it out on us even more than we could ever hope or expect. Lord, we thank you and praise you in your name. Amen.